Traditions in the Great Outdoors. Welcome to Ozark Traditions TV Podcast, a place where outdoor topics are discussed. Now sit back as today's host brings you the outdoors inside. Ozark Traditions in the Great Outdoors. All right, guys, welcome back to another OTTV podcast. I'm TJ. I'm here with Matt and Justin, just like always. We got the Guinness over here running the board again. Uh, well, boys, we got to get right to it. Matt, we, I mean, we can't go through this podcast without asking Justin how his hunting went. Yeah, Justin, how'd it go? So how was your hunting last weekend, buddy? I had been at the psychiatrist for the last three days talking to him every evening. That, it, uh, it didn't go very good. Let's put that way. I started off rough right out of the get-go. I blowed, uh, on my way in, I blowed four, four does out of the area. Right then, I thought, man, this is not good. It's just, it's over, you know. So I went ahead and tracked on into the blind, put the camera gear up, got everything going, sat down, put my main camera up, got it all going, realized I forgot my 64 gigabyte SD card. So I had to dig for an old one, wound up with an old one, still had enough uh, on it so I could get some film. And I sat there for probably, I don't know, two hours before I decided to turn my GoPro on. It didn't come on. It had, I was out of range at that time. 50 yards is the max range on my GoPro for the Wi-Fi. So I was at 50 yards apparently because it would not come on. And uh, so I had to do without it. Then, like always, you get bored, you get to shopping in the blind. So about another hour and a half passed, and I finally seen those four does that I blowed out of there. They come, they made a circle, come back around, and they funnel. There's a funnel and a road, an old log road, and they funnel down to that log road. Well, 95% of the time I'm sitting there, them does take that log road. Well, they didn't that time. They come right down the edge of the of the field where the log road's at and kind of come about 40, 45 yards in front of me. Well, I was debating on, well, should I shoot one? Should I not? Should I shoot one? Should I not? You know, you know how it goes when you got those in front of you. Well, and I noticed a, a little yearling. She kept looking back, and I thought something else is coming, but I can't see on that side. And so she would she would mingle around there, play in the trees, and jump up and hit limbs and stuff. Well, probably, I don't know, five minutes, ten minutes passed by. They just kind of meander and walk on. Well, I thought, well, apparently nothing's coming. Well, I still happen to look at the side window. I got it cracked so I can see. And there's a little five-pointer. Didn't think nothing of it. Well, I was watching that five-pointer on her. As he was walking in front of me, he took they took the same path as in Bozier. And I thought, that ain't right, because usually this five-pointer, because I've seen him a couple of times before, has got two more deer with him. There's usually a seven-point, then there's a big eight-point with him. And usually the five comes in, and then the seven, and then the eight. Well, this time the five came in and was in front of me for a couple of minutes. Then I seen the eight-pointer pop up over the hill. 
which I couldn't get the camera on him because it's got that shoot through netting, and it, you just don't film good through it. So I I kind of caught him a little bit, and he started making the the uh, the send to me off the hill, and I thought, man, this is holy cow! You know, this, this is going to happen after I thought the whole hunt was blowed after the first of the uh, day when I blew them those off. Well, he got out there. And as he was coming to me, I looked up. I seen he was at my GoPro. So I said, okay, he's 50 yards right there. He, you know, it, it ain't working, so he's got to be 50. So when he come on down, he took like, I don't know, six or seven steps. So I thought, okay, he's at 45. Well, I'm moving the camera, and I'm also looking down at my single pin. I run a single pin site, and I've got my left hand backhanded, scrolling it down. Well. As I'm looking down on it, I thought it said 40. So I thought, okay, I'll put it at 40 and I'll aim high. That'll, just in case. That may not have been the right thing to do, but that's what I did. Well, he got, he stopped broadside. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go ahead and draw back. I drew back. He made one or two, maybe three more steps. And I thought, perfect. That's where I want him. Let the arrow fly. Well, it went underneath him. He stood there looking around, wondering what in the world had happened. And I had never seen a deer just, just look around and just pretty well walk off like nothing had ever happened. Both of them, the five-point and the eight-point did. And I uh, I have been sick ever since. I just, I don't know. I, went, I just went home. I got out of the blind, went and got my arrow, packed all my gear, and went home. I didn't even stick around. I just, I couldn't do it. Just sell it all. Be done with it. Yep. That's how I we was, felt during done. turkey season. Every There's a couple day. times me and Matt's like, screw it. Yard sale. If I want a turkey, I'll go to Gerbs. Come get it all. You guys win. We're done. Well, well what what really threw me off was that five and the eight was together the first part of that. And after I shot, and went and got out of the blind, went and got the arrow and come back. Or did that? No. The, the other one, the seven-pointer came through probably five or six minutes later before I went out. Because I was, I was talking to the camera in disgust by then. So. But, oh, yeah. I mean, you're seeing deer, so that's good. Yeah. You know, yeah. you well, didn't booger him too bad. I got a call yesterday that uh, he had been seen again on the next property, which we own the next property right to us. So he is staying and I've kind of think I've got him planned where he's, he's making a circle. You ever heard of that three mile circle that bucks make? Just did. Well, or whatever it is, there's a three or five mile circle. I may be wrong. I'm sure some deer wizard will tell us we're wrong. Right. Uh, I, I was told he was on the next property over yesterday heading north. So, by my calculations, that's the second time we've seen him on that property, the same time frame heading north. He should be back there this Friday evening or Saturday evening. But the problem is now I run up to a time where I've got the Whitetails Unlimited Banquet I'm going to this weekend. So, there is no hunting unless it's Friday evening. Well. You better hunt him, fr- kill him Friday, and what are you worried about? What's your address? <clears throat> yeah, we can take mm-hmm. care of him. 
Yeah. Well, he's, he's not the only one. I've got a big kid running around with him, too. So. Yeah. Well, we we don't care. What did you say? That one was a six pointer. Yeah, it sounded it sounded yeah. yummy to me. I don't five, know. Five, five and seven. Yeah. Well, it was just this past week was good. The weekend was really good for me. Yeah. I mean, it was what was the high Saturday? Sixty two or three up here. Yeah. A uh, little bit hotter Sunday. So, if anybody is friends with me on Facebook or anything, you know I've been chasing this buck. <clears throat> I call him the drop time 10 because he's got a little two drop time, two or three inch drop time. Well, I got a, just like I was talking about with my brother, we seen the deer down in the, well, I hunted him all weekend and I'm talking, I sat there five days in a row and seen him four of the five days and did not get an arrow in this thing. I had him at one time, seven yards from me, right underneath my climbing stand and I posted a little video on Facebook, and <clears throat> he got too close. I mean, but it was so thick where he come through, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't shoot him, so I just got the camera on him, and he's walking right underneath me. And when he got, was just getting ready to come out, I draw my bow back. I'm like, I'm going to shoot him right here, right in the spine, you know, whatever. It probably would have been a bad idea anyways, but I was going to do it because this thing's a giant, and he's right there. So I draw back. And I went to lower my bow down to shoot him in my cam just barely. And when I say barely, I mean just dink, just barely touched that climbing stand. That thing ran out of there. I might as well shot him with a Daisy Red Rider. And ran on down the hill, and that was Thursday, Wednesday. No, that Thursday. was Thursday. Last, no, it, no, what am I talking about? It's Wednesday. What's Wednesday? It was Sunday. I'm all oh. messed up. I've been hunting too no, much. No, it wasn't Sunday. Trent was with you Sunday. Oh, that's right. So it's Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Anyways. So Stay was, with us, folks. And I have not seen that deer, and I checked cameras today and no pictures of him, so I'm hoping I haven't just run him, pull him out of the country. Well, me, and me. my brother set another stand, and he set and shot. <laughs> so here's the deal. I got to tell this story, too. My brother come up and hunted with me. Well, he didn't hunt with me. He hunted another stand. And I get a text the same night that the tree stand thing happened. And he's like, I've shot three. And I'm like, you shot three what? You know, I'm like, what, what, what three did you? And he's like, I shot three deer. I'm like, do what? What? For the love of God, stop. Right. That's why I was like, I hope he's out of arrows. And he's like, yeah, and they're all three. I can see them all. They're all laying right here around the ground, or the tree stand. I can see them laying on the ground. Killed every one of them. I'm like, oh, awesome. And I was like, what would you shoot? He goes, a buck and two does. I'm like, okay, well, at least it's legal. So I get up there to his tree, and there's these green knots. It looks like walking the Christmas light show or something. There's just green knocks everywhere. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And he did. Every one of them deer died within 40 yards of his tree stand. He had deer laying all around this thing. And I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, you know, we got to drag these out because where he was at, I couldn't quite get the four-wheeler to it. So we got the, dug the old pocket drag out and hooked it to him and drug some down the blind or the does, and then we drug the buck out. Anyways, he killed three deer. So he was done, and I'm like, the next day, I was like, you're coming to sit with me. I need a cameraman, like yesterday. Literally, it was yesterday, but... And he's like, all right. So he goes and sits with me. We didn't see a deer, of course. I finally get a guy in a tree with me that I don't have to try to do all this, and we don't even see a deer. 
And he's like, you need to go sit in that stand. He's like, I seen two really good bucks after he already shot his buck. And like, you need to go down there. Well, I guess it was t- Monday night. I went and sat and seen big nine, that big nine pointer that, and a really nice eight pointer. And I tried to move on them yesterday. I moved them stand up to where I seen them cross. And I seen a, a young little buck last night, but none, none of them big deer come back. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Tomorrow's going to be great. 60 something, but it is the worst wind I can get on this. It's an east wind and I have nothing that I can sit in on an east wind. On that side of the side of the farm, they're all on. So that nope. sucks, but maybe I just got to, I don't know. I'm going to, I'll be up all night trying to think about where I can go sit and hunt one of them deer with an east wind. But the way this farm sets up there and all the mature bucks I'm seeing are all on the same ridge and an east wind blows right into the bedding area on the whole thing. So I don't, I don't know. May have to get that climber back out, huh? And that's what I'm afraid of and try to get. Yeah. You on the go, downhill go. side of the trail that I think they might come on, I don't know. Maybe. But it's a mess. I mean, I'm seeing deer. I'm actually seeing more. Like this 10-pointer, I've seen him so many times now. And I'm like, I cannot believe I have not killed this deer. I've had him, I had him at 25 yards one night, and it was too dark. And I couldn't get the camera on him. And when I got the camera on him, when he, he ran, it was just the joys of self-filming. And then the next night, I had him at twelve feet, and couldn't couldn't get an air. I was just like, "So you had him too far, too close, too close, and not at all, and not at all." And now nothing. I know he's still at around least, there, but he went. At least you haven't missed him yet. No, I haven't actually shot at him yet. So I tell you what, though, Justin, it'd be a shame if he crossed the highway. Yeah. I don't live by a highway, so I'm not. I'm just worried about him getting in my neighbor's field and his kid poaching him. Well, see, Matt hunts across the highway from me, so if he crosses the highway, <laughs> it'd be a shame. Be a shame. But you know, you hit, hit by a Dodge pickup. That sucks, wouldn't it? You yeah. better stay out of the ditches, boys. Hey, don't like joke like that. I had that happen <laughs> to me. But that was how my hunting weekend went. How did yours go? <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I tell you what, we had a really good weekend. Um, we killed zero deer, except for Trenton. He, yeah. He killed I'm enough. I'm telling for, you, he man. He killed enough for everybody. But, um, no, my cousin came down. Uh, his little boy is 12 years old, just getting into the archery hunting deal. And he shot a really nice buck Saturday morning. Yeah, Saturday morning. And... <clears throat> apparently the shot was a little bit we didn't know but the shot was a little bit back we're thinking guts and i actually we went in there to look for him or whatever and i actually jumped the deer out of a bed and sort of like oh man we got to pull out and we'll come back tomorrow morning and try to find him and obviously we jumped him way too soon and we couldn't get back on him couldn't get him found well the worst part about the whole deal is we never found any blood None. nothing I mean, this thing did not bleed a single drop. No. So. Which is tough. Yeah. So, and Trenton and TJ came over, and we, we walked this whole ridge out looking for him and just nothing. So, unfortunately, <clears throat> that buck got away from us. And we've got some good neighbors. We've told them. So, maybe if they right, maybe find he'll turn or up, something. Yeah. You know, people start getting out in the woods and hunting, they find him. So, hopefully... 
you know, there's that. That's not the way you want to do it, but no, it's not. But and you know, and you hate it for Joshua. He's really been practicing with his bow a lot. You know, he's shooting fifty pounds. I mean, by no means. I mean, yeah, more than enough. My yeah. wife shoots forty three pounds. Right. It's just one of those deals that happens. You know. Yeah, and that's what everybody that's what does. We it. all told him. We're right. like, hey, man, it's, hap- it's happened right. all over. So then I was like, you know what? Sunday, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna show him that it can happen to anybody. All right. So uh, I had to go self film. And see, you didn't see any deer. Nope. I should have sat with you. You should have. That would have made a lot more sense. Because then out of, you know, well, anyways. I'm not, I'm not going to make a bunch of excuses, but I I shot an alerted deer at 40 yards, and I probably shouldn't have done that. She ducked, and she took her a little bit high. It was, so when I got there and looked at the footage, I thought, man, you jugular moon grotten this, this thing. Like, I thought right. it went right through her neck. Cause she ducked this thing amazingly. Like this was oh yeah ninja ninja mode duck. Like it was crazy, but it went right above her shoulder. I bet right about now she's wishing she didn't duck. Yeah, <laughs> and it come out her neck, and I'm like, Matt, that deer's gonna be dead, man. She's gonna bleed like crazy. Yeah. Well, about what 800 yards later, her blood quit. And we're yeah. Like, well, oh. well, let's go to the house and eat dinner now. It's 10:30. Well, here's what we got to thinking, and on this deer, if you shoot it. Where you shot it, if it was a lethal hit, we we literally tracked this thing 800 yards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it never bedded down, nothing. And I was like, Matt. And she went, well, we both and, and she went through some hollers. I mean, Yeah, steep. up and down. And I'm like, man, if you killed that deer, I can't imagine it'd go 800 yards without doing something. Right. So. Well, we, we had to, I mean, you got to try. Oh, when we give it all, we it, it went and jumped the property line, and that, and honestly, there wasn't even hardly any blood there. No. Nope. And it was just like, man, I don't, I don't but know. But I'll tell you what I really enjoyed about this weekend, though, was it had that hunting camp feel to it yeah. again. You know, my cousin came down. He stayed in the camper. You know, we had a little fire Saturday night. We cooked dinner together. Trenton came down. He killed his deer. So it was it was really good. We had a lot of fun. We had dinner loin for breakfast. That's the best. It didn't suck. No. Well, it's like I told Joshua, you know, he's all downhearted and stuff. And I'm like, look here, man. If you don't want to get your heart broken in life, don't never get a girlfriend and just quit bow hunting. Because both of them <laughs> things are going to do it to you. Right. Especially the bow hunting. Right. And I, he, you know, he was kind of bummed about it. And I'm like, dude. Well, I, and understandably, that's a really nice deer. Yeah, it was a cool deer. He had a kicker off his G2. He was a 11 point, I think. Yeah, yeah 11 pointer. Just a, you know, and it sucks. But, and maybe he'd come, maybe. Which, and that would have been the biggest deer he's ever killed. I mean, he killed the 10 pointer out there two years ago, I think. Yeah. It was a nice deer, but this deer would have been better than it. Yeah. Well, so. You know, you bow hunt long enough, it's going to happen to you, and probably more than once. Well, and lucky for him, this weekend, he's going up north. Yeah. he On that youth rifle uh, hunt management hunt deal, yeah. So he gets to go take his frustrations out on some northern Missouri deer with a rifle. That may be what I got to do. Of course, you know, rifle season gets here, I'll never see any of them deer. You know, bow season. coming up, ain't it? Yeah, next weekend. Yeah. So... That should be exciting. I know my uh, brother's bringing his little boy up. I, me and Drake, he's been talking about it. I think he's going to try, maybe try to shoot a deer with his gun. He just, he likes the crossbow. And maybe I just let him take the crossbow. I don't know. But if I got him yeah. a little 243 and we got him some earphones, you know. and Yeah, from Radians. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to, 
I'm going to shoot it around him a little bit, let him shoot it maybe and see what he thinks, and we'll go from – I mean, he's a little bitty guy. Yeah, he so, is little. So, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to – I don't want to scare him to death or something. So, maybe we don't. Maybe we just go film Bryce and shoot another one because Ryder, poor guy, his birthday is not till November. So, he's going to have to hunt the regular rifle season because he's oh. not old enough to hunt the youth season yet. And, we uh, we purchased a bog death grip today for the youth hunter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got, uh, I don't know, mine's a bog. I don't know what it is. I think that mine's the same thing you got. Yeah. It's they not the, work really good. It's not good. the death grip. It's the other one. They work good. Yeah. Um, They're kind of, I tell you the problem with them, they get a little bulky in a ground blind if you got more than just two people in it, unless you got the ground blinds I got. But then oh, you can't hide no. them. <laughs> I I got a dollhouse. Literally, it's a dollhouse sitting out in the middle of the field where. Is he got any Barbies in it or something? Yeah, don't tell my daughter. Nope. nope. It, it, it's copperhead and wasp infested, and I went and cleaned it out Sunday morning. Well, I did kill a snake Sunday. Yeah. I didn't help. I watched from the truck. He, he cheered from afar. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm out on snakes, but. All right, guys. Well, we'll take us a. What do you got, Justin? Spit it out. You got to. Oh hurry. no! Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, oh. that deer that I missed cost me a hundred and twenty some dollars this weekend. Do what now? Yeah. What kind of broadheads and arrows are you shooting? <laughs> no, it's called the rangefinder getting thrown in the trash. Oh. I throw them single pin sights in the trash. With hey, the have you took that trash out yet? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your <laughs> trash service? Yeah. Yeah. It's gone. Man, I tell you, the single pin sights, they're great for target shooting. But in my opinion, they're the worst thing in the world to try to hunt with because you got to fiddle with that thing. I would rather just 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 I, level. Yeah. I tell you I tell you why I'm at a single pin is everybody thinks I'm crazy, but last year when I was shooting a triple and, on four pins, when I'd pull back, I'd lose focus on – one pin i couldn't they, they'd float you know you guys probably know what i'm talking about they they was floating you, on me and i could well you'd get a you'd so get that, a hey you'd get a halo around them i'm gonna let you know a little secret <clears throat> you're getting older justin yeah I know. And, you ain't as you, good as you once was as toby you, keith you, would say. you might need some of that laser vision like todd's got just saying well let me tell it to you this way i moved to a single pin and i haven't i have not missed a shot i i just well, that's not what I heard. Well, <laughs> hunt wise, I missed, but but uh, that was my fault. Yeah, but wait, just just out shooting targets, it, it's been great. The it, single it, pin it, works for some people. I mean, I know a lot of guys out west use them because they shoot a hundred yards with them. Well, you're not going to get a fixed pin sight that has enough yeah. to yeah. shoot a hundred yards with them. So yeah. And another yeah. thing, um, another thing you might try with that is because I struggle with that a little bit on my sights, is they can actually be too bright. Yeah, if you, well, and especially if you have a light, mm-hmm. mine has a light on it. Mine does too, but I can't use it. Well, you turn it on, and then it's just a glow. Right. I mean, I don't know. If you it's if it's dark enough, you got to use a light. You probably shouldn't be shooting at them. Yeah, because your GoPro ain't working for dang sure. Nah, you lost it, GoPro it, footage about twenty minutes ago. I think if you got to use a light, you need to go get laser vision. Yeah. Well, sounds like you need to go get some laser vision. <laughs> I don't have a light, though. Oh, well. 
All right, guys. Well, we'll take us a break, and we'll come back and maybe tell a hunting story. Hi, folks. This is Matt Smith of Ozark Traditions TV. I hope you are enjoying this OTTV podcast. When you're not listening to the team members discuss hunting strategies and telling stories, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch your favorite episodes there. And while you're on the web, head on over to our Facebook page and give us a like. Thanks for listening to this week's OTTV podcast. Hunting with my family. Who could ask for more? All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, We've been sitting here trying to think of what we wanted to talk about in this next segment of it. And it's come to our attention that nowadays everybody's worried about the score of a deer. Yeah. You know, how big is he? How much does he score? And it's honestly, and, and, and what's a, what's a trophy deer? Yeah. And how, how, how many, how many inches how it big, gotta be right to be a trophy? Well, we're all on the TikTok nowadays. And if you're not, you're missing out, but what is TikTok? You're missing you're out. Missing. <laughs> Anyways, this guy on there is talking about this guy, and he and he, he calls him and he said, "Man, I shot this eight point buck. I'd like for you to come take some pictures of it." And he's like, "All right, how you know how big is he?" And he goes, "Oh, he's a hundred and thirty five inch eight pointer." And he's like, "Oh, okay, you know." And he's like, "Well, oh, you know, one hundred and thirty five inch deer, you know, whatever." Well, one hundred and thirty five inch eight pointer is a giant. First of all, let's just get that plumb out the way. Matt's got one at the house, and he's. Huge, and he's what, 140? 142 and a quarter. And ginormous eight-pointer. And, you know, and it's just like that guy said, you know, the guy told him it's a 135-inch deer. His first thought was, well, it wasn't that big of a deer. Well, what what I've what I've noticed is, okay, I, I killed that. I've been scoring deer for a lot of years. I've got several on the wall mounted that I've scored. And so I know, I actually know what a 130-inch deer looks like most people don't well most people think they do most people will go man i seen a 150 inch buck this weekend we was over here at mule shoe and there's a good one and you know he's a 150 no you saw 130 right yeah i mean realistically because they've not they've not killed one they've not laid the tape measure on them and they've not went wow that's what it takes to be a 140 i don't know if anybody uh, anybody listening if you come up and checked out the deer that we had at the mighty oaks but i had my buck there that i killed four or five years ago and i had multiple deep people in the pictures and whatnot are like man that's 170 inch deer that's awesome 160 i said no it's not right now i guarantee you if we put the tape on that deer he'd be 150 inches at best and he's he, i mean he's my biggest buck i've ever killed big wide 10 pointer and just to look at that deer, you would, you know, most people think that deer's 160, 170 inch deer, and he's not. Right. So, you know. Well, and then even It'll like, humble you real bad well, when you go to put a tape measure on a and, deer. And on the score deal, okay. If you've got a 135 inch 10 pointer sitting next to a 135 inch 8 pointer. The 8 pointer is going to look a lot bigger. Absolutely, because you've got two, two circumference scores that you don't get to count on yep. the 8. And then you've got, obviously, the deduction of those two other points. So, on most deer, your circumference scores are going to be around two, two and a quarter. Yeah. You know, most most, you year, mo- most, of, your, most of your 10-pointers are going to have, you know, that three to three and a half inch tine right there. So, that's a 
pretty good chunk of the score as far as you're talking the inches of it. You know what I mean? Right, and you kill 130-inch eight-pointers, guys. That's a, that's a nice deer. Big. I'm yeah. not going to let him walk. Never. And, it, and, it, and if somebody wants to turn their nose up and go, well, you know, I let's see your bigger Eight-pointers just aren't going to get a whole lot bigger than that. I'm not, I mean. Well, now, and we're not in Iowa. Okay, so well, if you, that's you, true. You, you know, if you live in Kansas, you know, if you live in Iowa where you've got the big crop fields, yeah. Well, and we need to circle back around to what the point we're trying to get on this whole deal is the scoring system, I think, is stupid. I mean, it's cool to know how big your deer is, but nowadays everybody judge people on what their deer scores and not. Well, what's the deer look like? Yeah, what's like? it look like? Does it look cool? Is it big? Is a big old wide buck cool? It's Who cares if it's 125 inches, you know? who Actually, who cares what they score and who cares how big they are in the first place, in my opinion? Like, yeah. Did you, did you get... I don't- did you get plum excited when you pulled the trigger? Right. Or, or you touched off on that release? Well, did you work hard to kill that deer? You know, some people are like, man, I worked my butt off to kill this deer, and he's a 125-inch deer. You know, who cares? That, that's what's killing, I think, killing the hunting industry kind of in a way is you think you got to kill a mega giant to be well, and what Well, and what is a mega giant? Well, you nowadays, know? a 200-inch deer is like, and those, the juries has killed two this week up there. Yeah, you know? one was one eighty or whatever. Yeah, one I mean, one eighty and four eights. You know, probably a six and a half year old deer yeah. that they've so watched. So now that's what everybody. Life. Well, and everybody thinks that's the stand. Like, you, if you want to kill big bucks, but, they have to be that big. But what people's not understanding is the juries do this for a living. Yeah, absolutely. Ninety five percent of the people that that are out there hunting. They're just like everybody else. They go out there on Saturday morning, Saturday evening, Sunday morning. They hunt the weekends or evenings when they can. I mean, you know. Well, and most you do people. This for a living, you, you need to do 200 inch. You need to be beating the next guy on TV. You need to do this. You need to do that. But what. To stay what, relevant. What, what kind of frustrates me, though, is I'll, I'll disagree with the, the relevancy of needing to shoot the 200. Mm. What, I what, think you guys need to get back to just hunting. Yeah, stop, stop pushing, yeah. stop pushing that you got to shoot a 180 inch deer. Or if TJ shoots a 160, then I've got to hold out for a 170, and then I've mm-hmm. one upped him. I'm the better hunter. No, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Man. That doesn't mean nothing. But in that world, in the world of the upper echelon of these hunters, that means everything. It's all about bragging rights. You know what? That is like you're watching on TV and all this crap. But look at the guys that are who doing better nowadays. Like, YouTube yeah. has took over the outdoor channel, in my opinion. People don't really watch TV no more. You got the hunting public. These guys are walking around, shy-poking these 100-inch deer right. on public land, and everybody's just eating quick, it alive. Quick, just because you, you said it, and I know Justin didn't see it because it was on TikTok, but I saw it. Alex Rutledge saw it. He commented on it, and I, I saw it. And I. So, the old boy with the long hair from the hunting public. Zach. Okay. He's driving his little Toyota Corolla or whatever it is, and he's in his camo. They just got to Iowa opening day. He's getting gas in his car, and he's like, oh, I try to get all the gas fumes on me. Right. Are you kidding me, guy? Yeah. I've seen it. What? Yeah. I think he was joking. I hope. I mean, he was in his camouflage. I don't watch the hunting public because... Well, I don't hunt public land, so... Right. That doesn't appeal to me. I just... Okay, I guess the reason I watch is because I like... It reminds me of how I used to hunt, like it, sitting well, on the log. I mean, I've, and, I've watched some of it, but I mean, I'm not a tree saddle hunter. And well, I'm going to tell you guys right now; those guys are the biggest name in hunting right now. 
I'm t- they have blown. If you look at that following, that's well, following that deal now. In, in, in age demographic. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, you know, Michael Waddell's 50 something now. Well, yeah, but I, I love Michael Waddell. I, I do too. Actually I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not knocking Waddy. I mean, me and you grew up watching re- Real Tree Road Trips, him and Nick Munt. And like, that was our. So for our agey guys, that's who we watch. Well, they're still watching the Real Tree Monster well, okay. Bucks and stuff. These kids now. Michael Waddell's an old man now. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't want to watch. You know, he Michael Waddell's now the Stan Potts that we watched. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. so. Well, and I think another thing about the big guy deals on TV is now all you're doing is watching them sit in a box blind on the edge of a bean field picking out deer, and it gets old. Like, start doing something. Now, Waddy, them guys, they usually are doing something different. Yeah. But. I seen, I seen Waddy shoot a doe the other day on TV. That's, that's, what awesome. that's what I'm talking how about. Many, how many big name people do you see besides I tell you when you'll see a big man go out and shoot a doe on TV? Of oh, the yeah. arrow. Oh, Uncle Dead, boys. That guy. Yeah, he's all, he will. He, he's all about the loins. <laughs> and I'm right there with him. But, you know, that, and if the juries are shooting does, it's because they're pushing a broadhead. I've noticed that every time Rage will come out with a new broadhead, they'll go out there and kill 25 does with it, show you cutting them in half, and they're like, oh, my God, you got to have this broadhead. And then they go back to shooting 200-inch deer. Right. And, you know, maybe we're peanut butter and jelly on the old broad, on well, the jury I mean, guys. Now if, all right. Just a little shout-out. Mark, Terry. I'd come up here and shoot one of your guys, Cole Buck, 150, 160, anytime. Yeah, and I think they're great guys. They seem, you know, I've never met them. We, I, I got to tell the story. I guess I'll tell the story here in a minute about Michael Waddell. That'll be my story for the day. But Well, what about, is it better than your Alex Rutledge No, story? I guess I, I should. You okay, know, I'm you've tell met that. all these I'll stars. tell that right now because we've kind of been talking, you know, we've been in cahoots with Alex just a hair here. And I was at the mall in Springfield one day. My wife was, and we were an American Eagle, and it just wasn't my thing. I didn't, whatever. I think I probably still wear some of that stuff. But anyway, she's all wandering around in there. Well, they had this couch sitting in the middle of the room. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go sit down for a minute, you know. So I'm sitting there, and this guy sits down next to me. And I didn't think, you know, I'm messing with my phone, whatever. Probably MySpace at that time, I don't think. <laughs> Anyways, and I look over, well, it's Alex Rutledge. And... I mean, I've watched this guy growing up my entire life on Hunter Specialties, and I'm like, and he had a Hunter Specialties hat on. He was still with him at the time. And I looked over, and I'm like, Alex. And he goes, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, dude, I love, I watch you all the time. And he's like, really? That's good, you know? And we got to talking, and he was the nicest guy. He was there with his daughter. His daughter was buying school clothes. You know, he's just like me and you. He's just a normal. Yeah, just down to earth. And he, and nice he lived guy. not far from there. He lives in Birch, Birch Tree. Birch Tree, yep. And he told me all about it, you know, and I just, I thought, I talked his leg off and I know he probably won't never remember me, but if, if I ever get the chance to meet him again, I got to tell him that story. But it was just, he talked like, to, it was just down to earth guy, you know, he, and he was all about just, he was, he's really big into getting the kids and then to hunting, you know, and most, it, most of them, go ahead. No, you're, I was just, he, you know, he really pushed getting kids you know, he, we got off on that deal, which, like I said, we talked forever. Because, I mean, I was going to talk to him as long as he talked to me. And most of. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, man. You're wanting to say it. I can tell. Uh, spit it out. Most, <laughs> most of them guys that you meet like that, like Alex and Michael Waddell and T Bone and Nick Munt and, oh, was it Larry? I can't think of his last name now. He Fitzgerald? lives in Springfield, Missouri. 
Not Larry Fitzgerald. No, he plays he, for he, the was, he was a turkey guy. He was a turkey guy. He just passed away this year. You could run into any of them guys, and they'll talk to you just like you and I are talking right now. Yeah. They won't talk down to you. They'll shake your hand. I mean, they're they're just like us. They like to go out and hunt. They're, in their mind, they are not celebrities. It's the people that's out of out in the hunting world that pushes them to look like celebrities. Well, and there's some of them guys I feel like act like they're celebrities. And I've never met yeah. them, but yeah. I can just kind of get the, the feel off of them that you're like, okay, this guy thinks he's big stuff. and Yeah. But... But like I said, and then the Michael Waddell story, I'm going to tell I'm in Bass Pro one day. We're walking around in there looking at stuff, and I hear this guy talking, and I'm telling you, anybody's listening to Waddy, you know his voice. And I just freeze. And my brother's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Michael Waddell's in here. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I heard him. He's like, you're crazy. I'm like, no, I heard him. And I was like, this guy, you don't not hear him. So we're wandering around, and we get over there where all the ammunition's at. If you've been in Springfield's Bass Pro, it's kind of back. And there's like two or three people standing at the end of this aisle around the guy. And I'm like, there he is right there. It's got to be who, you know, why are these people standing there? Unless they got something really good on sale. Well, they all left and there he is. And he's just standing there all by himself. I don't think anybody realized who he was. Well, I get up there and I talked to him for hour and a half. And he was, you know, he was, we talked about baiting deer and everything. And he's like, well, can you got, you guys can't bait deer in Missouri. I said, no. And he's like, well, don't, you know, it's all right. You know, he said, I hunt corn piles in Georgia, you know, he said, and it really doesn't work out half the time. He said, half the time I killed a deer completely away from a corn pile. And he was, you know, he was just talking to me like he didn't care how you hunted or what you hunted just as long as you hunted. Right. You know, he didn't care. I showed him a couple bucks I killed on my phone, which at that time I didn't kill anything. He's like, man, that's awesome. You know, them are good deer. Good. Congratulations. You know, he was just. He was just happy you were a deer hunter. And that's what it was. He was and, happy. And, and I, I think I remember you telling him about, you know, this was when we were first starting to film a little bit. Yeah, first kind of dipping our toes in it. And I said, yeah, me and a buddy of mine are starting to film hunts. And he goes, man, that's awesome. He said, we need as many guys trying to push. Because he said, all we're doing is showing more people the hunting world. Like, maybe get more people. Because, you know. Yeah, just show, just show them a glimpse of well, our way Nowadays, of like on YouTube and stuff, there's a lot of kids watching that. Young kids. That probably wouldn't ever even try to hunt, but they see it, us doing it, and it's cool, and that's good. We need more, you know, like people complaining about crossbows and all this stuff. Whatever it takes to get more people hunting, that's what you need, because if you don't, it's not going to be here no more. Well, and that's what, you know, kind of segmenting all this stuff into the deer score deal or whatever, that's what frustrates me about that is I don't care if you killed a 110-inch deer or a 150-inch deer. If you went deer hunting and you enjoyed it, it was a positive experience, it was something good that happened in your life, keep doing it. If you killed a deer with a bow, yeah. congratulations, because it is not easy. Right. You know, that's one of the hardest things to do is kill a deer with a bow. Yeah, I mean, it as many as we have killed with bows, we still struggle. People, I mean, it, it, it's I a challenge. probably almost every day of the deer season but five this year. And I'm not exaggerating. I have a job that allows me to do it. The only nights I don't hunt is when we do this podcast and then family stuff. Or if I've, it's just driving rain. I've killed two deer and no bucks. And it ain't from the lack of trying. It's just, it is so hard to do. And then adding the camera is just another 
thing that doesn't make well, it any easier. Well, last year I hunted a total of 78 days and killed three does. Yeah. Well, and then like us trying to film this stuff, it makes it just three times harder. But I guess we're kind of getting off track with this deal. But people just need to get out, hunt. Don't worry about what everybody else is like. The scoring system, I hate it. You get on Facebook and now they got these agent well, score pages and it is the worst thing in the world. And that's just a bash fest for these poor that's guys. all it is. Hey. Hey, what my deer score of the picture I sent you guys the other day? What do you think he'll score? Well, hold on. Let me dig her up here real quick. That's all you hear anymore. Well, that's right. Score? Oh, he needs another year. Right, oh, yeah. Oh, well, he's only he, a... He's a two and a half or or, or this or that. It, it's crap Which is I, what it is. And it's I think, crap. I think all these deer biologists need to, uh, that are commenting on that stuff, need to post their credentials like where they got their degree from and everything yeah because half of them don't know what they're talking about no. anyways and, th- and that's what i hate you know somebody will shoot a deer and they'll post a picture and obviously they're proud of it right and then the first comment instead of congratulations or nice buck or way to go man it's Boy, what did it score yeah what it score how what it score how old is it who cares yeah you know it, it was a couple weeks ago i don't know what state it was in and i don't really care i seen a Spotted button buck that was took. I did not comment. I did not agree with it, but I bet it I did good. the right. He 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 was. It was his first one he ever killed. He was over. The I remember moon. seeing that. I, I remember yeah, seeing I that. Did, I didn't comment. I didn't agree with it. I just went on. Right. I hit right. the like button and, and went on. People, cannot, do. people yeah. cannot do that anymore. Yeah, you can be kind for free every day. People cannot you know, look at something and not put their opinion on it nowadays. Yeah. And social now, media has made it that way. But yeah, there is days that I see stuff. I'm like, I gotta say something. I did. I just gotta say something. You know. Yeah. But, but you know, people killing deer is just. It, and like I said, the deer agent score page is the dumbest. It was just. I wish it wasn't a thing because, like Matt said, it's just a bash fest. Th- well, there's there's nothing. And it doesn't matter how big your deer is. Somebody's got one bigger. You know what I mean? You'll post a deer, probably your biggest buck ever, and it'll be a 140, 150-inch deer. And instead of everybody being proud of you, some guy's got to comment a picture of a 200-inch deer he shot on a deer farm somewhere. Yeah. yeah like, mine's oh, just yeah, a little bit bigger than yours. That's a good yours. one, but this right here is a real deer. Yeah. You know, and it's like, dude, come yeah, on. First yeah. of all, half of them you shot on a fenced farm. You know, I'm not saying there's guys out there shooting wild deer 200 inches. It happens every single day. But a lot of them deals that you see are high fence deer. Well, and I mean, they shoot 150s and 160s in high fences too. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. You know, these people they're, are paying. They're a cold deer. They're a cold deer. They're, 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 they, yeah. they are. They, they only had to pay like 5000 Which is another rabbit hole to go yeah. down with the whole cold deer thing on bucks is stupid. It's no such thing. And we've talked about that maybe some other podcasts. But I, the the score in the deer thing is it's it's going to end up hurting. Well, I I feel like it's more of a detriment to our hunting, you know. Way I mean, of life. obviously, we all want to know what our deer scores. Absolutely, but don't I, don't don't put the whole mark of the trophy on the score. Right. Don't judge your deer by yeah. what it scores. It's nice to know what it scores, but don't judge your deer by what it. Because like the like we was talking about the guy on the do, deal. He said his you, buddy called. Do you know what that deer scores right there? No. Over your shoulder. I'm going to say 170-ish. Never scored it. Right. But, I mean, if I had to guess, this thing's big. Pretty big. 
He may not be as big as I think he is, but it doesn't matter. I know what it scores. It's impressive. Which it, it scores one mat, there's zero. No, actually, nope. it's his dad. Yeah, but, this yeah. one's Butch, yep. But you're right. And, you know, back then, nobody even knew what a I mean, well, well, we were just old was, hillbillies. We didn't score a deer. No. I can remember growing up, and the coolest part of the whole deal was when you had to go check your deer in. It seems like everybody's tailgates quit working during deer season. Right. Just like leave, nobody hey, ever put a tailgate up. Speaking of tailgates, that thing's got some blue paint. <clears throat> On his, I think it's his two or three right there. Yeah. From the hood of that old Jeep that we had him tied to. That's awesome. So no tailgate there, boys. Just tied him to the I hood. I bet you took the long way home. <laughs> we did. Well, I miss that stuff. You know yep. what I mean, though? Like, people yeah. was just, if you killed deer, you were, and if you killed a buck, that was really good. Yeah. Nobody cared. Nobody, and no. then now it seemed like the 2000, mid-2000s, now it's, and I think it's a lot of the guys on TV doing it. You know, you got the juries and they're pushing, oh, that deer needs to be six and a half, seven years old. If you're going to wait for a deer that old around here, guys, you're not going to kill one. Well, and it's it's going to go downhill. We do not have, where we live, we do not have the glacial till soil. No. And the crop fields and the food source for these deer. Once our deer hit that four six and, and a half, half, well, four and they're, a half, they're going that's downhill. probably as big as they're getting, in my opinion. Yeah. So Maybe. if you're just wanting to kill a deer when he's at his full potential, if you are trying to kind of manage him, four and a half in our neck of the woods is about it. Yeah. I mean, five maybe, but, you know. After six, they're going to be less, I'll promise you. Well, probably going to die anyways. Yeah. Because we just don't have the food source to keep them alive through the harsh winters. You know, these deer are trying to eat acorns and live off of clover and get through some of the winters we get. They don't have all the corn and all that. So, you know, the winters will get them. Well, last winter, and we had a pretty harsh winter. Yeah. The ivy on Mary's uh, trees in her backyard, it was like you'd been in there with a weed eater. And well, yeah, because they got to eat something. They eat every green leaf off of her decorative ivy in her backyard. I couldn't get over it. I tell you right now, a hostess don't stand a chance around here in the winter. Time. They've already eaten all of her hostess. Yeah, if, it, if they weren't so expensive, I'd plant a food plot in them things. Right. Because everywhere, I've, every neighborhood I've been to, the lady's like, oh, I had some hostess, but the deer ate them all. Well... And you go out there, and there's little nubs all over, and it's like, yep, they're all gone. Yeah, but I right. got go ahead. I got Justin. two mounts. I got two mounts hanging up on my wall, and I've got a bunch of slew of other antlers that's just laying there where I've knocked them off. I've only scored the two deer that I've got hung up, and I probably would have never mounted them. But there's something about taking deer on your own property that you own yourself yeah well sean anthony but yeah sean anthony beginning of this year was super proud of this doe he killed because he just bought this as the first farm he's ever owned and they killed this deer off of and i thought that was really cool you know you could tell that deer meant a lot to him but everybody was pretty good to him on there yeah yeah well and that that is a that is a big deal to to kill a deer off of your well that's everybody's dream yeah you always would dream of having your own farm and killing deer off of it. And when it finally comes true, you know, with you, when you first bought your right. farm, I mean, you was just gun blazing out there. Cause oh, I mean, I killed, I tell you what, I, I, I joke all the time. I was 16, 17 years old before I knew you could shoot a deer standing still because I'd hunted public <laughs> ground my whole life. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so we, we when we bought the farm, buddy, I was piling them up. I was like, this isn't even fair. All these guys that own ground, they're not deer hunters. They're just going out here and harvesting, man. Right. You know? So, now my opinion. 
No, I didn't kill nothing and you good. Found out how real hard it is. Well, I mean, I killed a pile of those. I mean, I'll be honest. It right. wasn't like I was out there shooting. It'd probably scare you to death to know how big a bucks was out there. But Matt never waited that long. No, because I was so excited. I was like, man, there's deer. Right. And they're just walking and standing, and nobody's trying to shoot them but me and all kinds it of was neat, stuff. You know. All right, guys. Well, we're going to take us a little break here, and then we'll come back with the uh, question of the week. Hi, folks. This is Matt Smith of Ozark Traditions TV. I hope you are enjoying this OTTV podcast. When you're not listening to the team members discuss hunting strategies and telling stories, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch your favorite episodes there. And while you're on the web, head on over to our Facebook page and give us a like. Thanks for listening to this week's OTTV podcast. Hunting with my family. Who could ask for more? Let's get back to the show with this week's fan-submitted question for the OTTV team members. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, we got a question here from Bruce Palmer, so we're going to go ahead and take that and see if we can answer it for him. Hey, guys, my name is Bruce Palmer of Richland, Missouri. My question for the OTTV crew is, when is your favorite time to hunt during deer season? Thank you. Well, I kind of like from September 15th, until January 18th. No. All right. My honest answer would be probably right now. Like the last part of October is my favorite time of the deer season to hunt. It seems like the bucks are starting to do stuff. If you've got scrapes found, it's a great time to hunt them. They're not locked down with those yet. I know a lot of guys like November, which the first part of November is good, like the first four or five days. But once the, it seems like once they get with the doe. Well, you're gets, talking pre-rut. Yeah, pre-rut. So, right now, right now is a great time. For, it's my favorite time to hunt them. I mean, early season's good because you can pattern them, but it's hot. They don't move till the last 20 minutes of daylight. Kind of like me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if you don't have them on your farm at that particular time, Matt, you're not hunting them. Right. Because... You know, like Matt's, he's got a 300 acre, 300 and something acre farm, and there ain't a buck on it until probably tomorrow. I'll be at work. Right. Well, that's when they'll come through. But no, that's my, that's my favorite time too, is that late, you know, probably October 20th, which is that. Today. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right now. October 20th to, you know, people talk about Halloween, but like I shot that big eight a couple Mm -hmm. years ago, like November 4th. Yeah. You know, but that that pre-rut. Pre-rut is my favorite time to hunt them. They're checking scrapes. They're searching and looking for those does. You can start calling to them. Oh, yeah. You know, like right now, I wouldn't be scared to dig a grunt call out. I snort wheezed at that eight-pointer the other night. You know what? If I had a grunt call, I might use it. Yeah, I got one for rent. But, you know, things are starting. It's only going to, we keep saying that, but it's really going to start getting, you're going to notice like daily how much better it's going to get now. More rubs. Well, today scrapes. I found two more scrapes that wasn't there. You know, and a lot of them younger bucks, I think, but whatever. Their bucks are starting to, even the young bucks are going to start. We've seen a couple chasing some does now, which the does aren't ready. Well, I'm not going to say that. I think there's some, a lot of does get bred in October. Yeah, the later part for sure. Yeah. You know, you see a lot of big yearlings and big fawns in the summer. Well, that's probably because 
they was bred early. It's just whatever. However, the dough cycles is how it's going to happen. But yeah. The bucks definitely start Nature. looking. Right. But, yeah, I mean, everybody loves November. Yeah, a lot of guys like the rut. Not me, man. Nah. I, I, I don't mean, like yeah, that. Awesome. I don't like that lockdown rut. Well, here's the deal about the rut. You're sitting in the tree, and you hear a doe running. Well, 90% of the time in November, if a doe runs past your tree, you better hang on because there's probably something behind her with testicles. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be a buck somewhere close to her because she's not just running through the woods for no reason. But if that doe don't run by you, you're not going to see him because that's what he's doing at that time. Well, and if you've got a bow in your hand, you might see him. He might run by your stand, but he might run by it. Yeah, and you're not, and especially if you're self-filming, that's real fun because then you got to get the camera on him, stop him, pull your bow back, shoot him, get the camera back on him. It's easy. 10 out of 10 wouldn't recommend. Self-filming. Yeah. Especially in November. Self-filming, you're going to have to have your a crossbow. That's what you're going to have to have. <laughs> that ain't happening for me. But any, yeah, it. I think I think me and Matt's both agreed yeah. last week. Well, and how many times have we killed a in buck? The, in the next couple, well, in uh, three days is when I've killed my biggest buck. The Max Creek Carnival. I'll never. It's going to be this embedded in my mind the rest of my life, which right. is Friday which is Saturday or Saturday. So, I got to kill a big buck on Saturday. Go win that quiet cat bicycle thing and that four yards of concrete, and then we're in good shape. And then I'll kill one. Bye. A couple days later. That's how it always works. Go ahead, Justin. My favorite time of year to hunt is from October to the end of November. Yeah. Well, and you know, go ahead. I think it's the first couple of weeks of October, the deer kind of start getting into that November feel. They start, some of the older bucks start breaking off from the, from the herds and they kind of start patterning themselves a little bit where they're going to be. And they, they start going out of their range a little bit. So I think this time of year, if you've got a buck on your farm, he's probably going to be there for the rut. I mean, I feel like the, this time of year they're moving into where they're going to be be doing. Now, obviously, one gets chasing. And everybody thinks the buck's chasing does. They're just running wild. Honestly, I think when a big buck gets a doe, I've seen them keep them in a 15 by 15 briar patch and they not leave it for two days. Until he breeds her, yeah. that, he ain't going to let her out of there. And it could be a draw. Me and Matt was talking about this the other night. I had a buck I chased all year last year. And I'm talking, I'm hunting this thing on the back 40 of this place. And me and my wife was driving in one evening to go rifle hunting, and I look over, and he's standing right below the landowner's house. I mean, 50 yards from his house with a doe in the straw. And it couldn't. it's a mile from where I've been hunting him. And I was like, oh, my God. We tried to make a stalk on him, and we ended up losing him. But that deer was there because that doe was there. He obviously, and he was keeping her behind dan's house for how long i have no idea because i've never even dreamed yeah probably just 24 hours right you know because if she's in heat he's not gonna let her run around that long without getting her you know and then once he does that he's moving on to the next one that's how it works they don't get in long-term relationships in the deer world you know it's the on to the next one and and like i said places that you never dreamed a deer because this thing i mean this guy has a dog farm, guys. 
dog farm and hundreds of dogs. And if you've ever watched any of my videos, you've probably heard them. I know Matt has editing that stuff, but they bark constantly over there. And this deer, this deer was 50 yards from the dog kennels and just, he wasn't worried about nothing but that doe. Well, that's where those does live. Right. That's those does home range. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the smaller property you hunt during the rut, the better tempo you have showing that buck. I think the smaller property you hunt, the better off you are. And I'm not not saying that. I guess it's good to have big properties because you got options, but it's killing me. Because I can be sitting in a tree stand. Like last night, I sat in this tree stand, and I had a I had a nice buck come in. I'm not going to lie. He was a two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half-year-old eight-pointer, really nice deer, about like the one my brother killed. And he walked right under me. I filmed him, all kinds of good stuff. But the whole time I'm thinking, man, I need to be in that other stand. I got to get over here. I got. I should have sat over here. And then, and then if I don't, if I sit there and I don't see one, I'm thinking, oh man, I should have been over here. Because I've got 15 different stand sites at this farm, and I'm constantly like, man, I need to be over there. And like today, I walked two miles checking trail cameras today because I just I parked my truck. I didn't want to be too driving my truck through the field and all this stuff. So I just parked it and went for a walk and checked all my cameras. And I had a nice buck showed up. Me and Matt looked at him and dark still but something the big buck i'm after i don't know where he went and i'm getting a little nervous about that cross the road no he's too far from the road there's no way (laughs) he wouldn't do that to me would he (laughs) but you know the man maybe he's you know moving like justin said they move a lot this time of year so maybe he's i kind of boogered i feel like i didn't booger him that bad but Maybe I did. I don't know. It's just been eating at me. Kind of like you missing your deer, Justin. I don't know if anybody... If you haven't heard that already, Justin missed a deer the other day. Just wanted to remind everybody of that. But Not not just a deer. It was a social media 200-inch deer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was... A, so. And you know, you asked me, uh, or you asked us, what you we thought that deer would score. And I'll give you my honest opinion about it. I think that deer is a 125-inch deer. And then the ninth, and then was he a ten pointer, or was he just an eight. eight? He was an eight. So people would hear that, and they're thinking of this little bitty deer. And if anybody's yeah. seen the picture of this deer, Joe, this thing's got mass for days. That's what I noticed about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the problem that's going to kill you, as far as the score goes, is the time length on them deer, and it gets everybody. I had one that old buck I shot a couple years ago. Well, and if he's not a ten pointer. You lose two circumferences. Yep. So that's I, my honest opinion. Why don't you kill him, Justin, and then we'll find out how close I was. I guessed him at 130 on the hook. Yeah. Which I'd say he's, so he's in between there, maybe. So, but who cares? He's a big deer and I'd shoot him. Don't, not, don't let him run up a, north. But I tell you, what, I'll, <clears throat> you shoot him, I'll score him for you. You just mail me, pack him in dry ice, the tenderloins. And yeah. I've got a tape measure, and I'll, I'll measure him up, and I'll let I you think, know what Honestly, he's doing. I think that's how we should. And, that, you know, uh, I'm going to bring him up again. The hunting public guys, they on their turkey hunting deal, how they score their turkeys, they lay them out flat and measure him from his tip of his beak to the end of his tail, and whoever kills the longest turkey of the year wins. Well, see, I like the one I killed. I uh, stretched his snood up there. Oh, yeah. Measured it, sent it to Joe King. The snood. The snood. We just scored the snood on him. Yeah. Did, I, did you see he uh, shot a deer and they and found it? Yeah. That was yeah. too bad, but at least he yeah, found it. Yeah, I've seen that today. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, and that sucks. And like we was talking earlier in the podcast with Joshua shooting his deer and not finding it, you know, maybe he'll still find it. It just, you, you know, bow hunting, that's... It, it's tough, and that's just part of the bow hunting deal. You know, that's... And those are kind of the, the hard pills you've got to swallow if you're going <laughs> to well, do Well, if you're a respectful bow hunter, you always want to kill your deer as fast as you can. Yeah. You don't want to take stupid... Like, guys shooting deer in the head with a bow, I just, just punch them in the face. Right. Like, what are you doing? Oh, I tried to head shoot her. Why? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you might yeah. kill it, but how many pictures have we seen with deer walking around with arrows sticking out of their head? Because guys are just... Just try dumb stuff like that. Yeah, just being stupid. Like, just shoot the thing where you'll kill it and be done with it. Or at least, or at least try to shoot or it. Do your best. Spot. I mean, I yeah. understand things happens. happens. Deer, duck, you know, they jump the string. They walk as soon as you shoot, step up. You know, stuff like that happens. But obviously, these guys shooting these deer in the head was aiming at their head. Yeah. So, and that's not or, what I'd call a lethal shot. I've seen how many pictures have you seen with deer with arrows hanging out of their head and it doesn't kill them. Right. So, obviously, that's not maybe with a rifle, but not with a bow and even a rifle. I mean, why even do that? It just doesn't. And I know guys that do that. I've hunted with guys that they just, if they see a doe, well, I'm just going to shoot her in the head. Well, have, to me, here. you got to have a little bit of respect for a the deer too like yeah to answer your question on that tj is they are unsportsmanlike. yeah is, that's my opinion well and that's kind of how i felt about them too you know the guys are just blowing these deer's heads off and laughing about it and it's like man you got to have a little bit because i you know any real person human you kind of feel a little bit sad after you shoot a deer you know you feel like man that thing a little bit. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I'm not saying I get all emotional. I mean, right. I don't. But, I mean, you feel for, you know, like, okay, that thing was alive. Now it's dead. Well, yeah, it was a living, breathing creature. Right. So, if and if you, I feel like if you don't feel like that, Maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Maybe not, you know. And especially if you're just shooting their heads off and doing stupid stuff. But, to me, just do your best to get, to get it done the quickest. And I'm not, you know, obviously you shoot one in the head. With the gun, it's probably the quickest. But what if you don't? What if you shoot its nose off or something? Right, and then the, that thing's running around with its bottom jaw gone. Yeah, the the error, the the margin of error is very, very small. Very slim. There. I mean, yeah. very. So yeah. don't even try it. If anybody's listening last, out there, my advice is don't shoot deer in the head. Last year, there was a guy shot a twenty-two pointer just north of ten-year-old boy. I shouldn't say guy, but it was a boy. It came in wobbling on three legs. Because somebody during archery season shot that deer in the high, high shoulder. Yeah. Which not, that happens not, a lot. Yeah. I'd but say that deer walked right under his tree and he was trying, you know, the angle, if I was to guess. I'm going to say you're probably right. But it was on the. It would bend as the deer was walking towards you. It'd been on the left side, you know, and you could kind of see where it went down on the back side of the deer. Yeah. So. Which, like we were talking, guys, if you're going to bow hunt long enough, you're going to shoot one bad. You're not going to find one. You're not going to kill one. And you know, the deer are pretty tough. I mean, there's a lot of deer that people think, oh, he'll never live, and then they do. They do. You know, I high shoulder shot one. It's been several years ago. Yeah. Nice 10 pointer. And that following season, uh, the neighbor's daughter in law 
shot that deer. Yeah. Well, you remember that video going around where that buck was like his whole back was cut. Yeah. I mean, you could see this thing's rib cage, and this deer, obviously that deer is going to die probably from infection, but he was walking around. You could see his shoulder blade moving, and I, I still don't know. how That had to have been a car accident. Yeah. That was from a combine, I think. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, because everybody's yeah. like, oh, it was a broadhead. Somebody's, I'm going to tell you right now, if he was a broadhead, he had about a six-foot blade on that thing yeah. when it went down his back because it slit this thing like Freddy Krueger. But it just goes to show you how tough them deer. How many deer have we killed? Like that deer my wife killed a couple years ago. This thing got bit by a snake, guys, and its foot was the size of a softball. At least. And we watched it. I watched him every night limp out into this field, and it was all he could do was to get to the edge of that field to eat the grass because that's what he was living off of. He couldn't climb a hill to eat. No, he lived in this little bottom, and he'd walk about 100 yards to go eat this grass and then go back and bed down. And... I told him, and the crazy deal was I got pictures of that deer earlier, and he's perfectly healthy. Like, me and Matt was looking at him. We're like, man, that's going to be a really nice deer. And then all of a sudden, he disappeared, and I'm like, well, that's weird. He must have changed his home range or something. Well, then I stuck a camera up right by the milk barn, and I got a picture of him, and it looked like he weighed about 80 pounds. Yeah, it was just skin and bones. I'm like, whoa, something ain't right. He got hit by a car or something. And then... He was pretty consistent, and my wife was wanting to kill a deer, and I'm like, well, let's just go shoot him because he's not... I mean, we done this deer a favor, guys. And she killed him, and we took him to the taxidermist to get him done. She was going to get him mounted and all this. And his foot, we examined it, and it had two perfect bite mark holes, like fang marks. And the guy that we took it to, Chip, he's like, it's one of two things. He said it was either a rattlesnake or a copperhead. He said, because those are the only two venomous snakes that are going to be in the woods. You know, a cottonmouth's not going to be. Right. So... And he said, he, we, we skint that thing and the meat even was like black. Was bla- it was bad. Like all yeah. through his hams, everything. He's like, this deer was not going to make it another two weeks. So, you know, made it, us feel a little was, better because it was a nice buck. She killed a nice buck, but, you know, and we helped him out. So, but they're tough, man. That thing was waddling around on a nub. I mean, remember that one in Texas where it was just its joints mm-hmm. and it was walking around. I didn't even have any feet. I mean. So, they're a tough I mean, animals. Things live in the wild 365 days a year. Yeah, that's like we were talking last year or last week about how hunting in the wind. Well, they live out there, man. If they just didn't get it's, up and eat because the wind's blowing, they'd starve to death. Right. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's the equivalent that I could come up with real quick is like us three living on the streets in the Bronx 365 days a year. That's what the deer pretty much have to go through. Mm-hmm. It's rough. I wouldn't it's just, make it. It's survival. Yeah. I mean, it's everything out there is trying to get them. I yeah. mean, the only other animal I can think of that has a harder life than a deer is a rabbit because I don't know anything that don't eat rabbits. And I think that's why they reproduce as much as they do because everything eats them. Yeah. So, and like deer. I'm about to start shooting rabbits. It's time. Uh, it's called Dave Cyber. You know what we need to do? I was just going to say. We need to get Big Dave on here to Cody talk Massey. to him about doing some rabbit hunting. It, it opens up, what is it, October 1st? Yeah, it's open. Rabbit, yeah, I know yeah, it's Dave's open. Been, yeah, they've been killing He likes it. to say shooting bunnies in the face. So maybe uh, maybe I'll see if I can get him to come on here and do a podcast. We'll talk about some rabbit hunting because he's eat up with it, man. Beagle dogs, all of it. And it's a lot of fun. So And he's the best. The best. Don't tell Cody Massey. Or Justin Swadley. Them guys might not agree. But 
All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to wrap her up. And uh, like I said, maybe next upcoming, I mean, I know it's full swing deer season, so kind of want to stay on the deer subject. But here sometime pretty soon, after everybody kills all these monster bucks we get done talking about, I definitely think we could do this. Uh, I know the waterfowl season's coming up. I know I don't know how many people are thinking about that, but I know I am. And I know rabbit season, we've all thought about that. Had a whole pile of snow geese fly over me today at work. They've been moving. They've yep. been moving. I've been hearing them in a the deer stand. So things are getting good for that. I mean, I'm, if you haven't done that, you got to try it at least once. You'll either hate it, never go again, or you'll love it. I don't think there's well, any in between. I, I appreciate the invite, guys. I, I don't know if I can go. What? Duck hunting? <laughs> yeah. Why not? It's not bad. You only, my, you only got to get up at like I, three in the morning. It's always warm. It's always warm. I mean, Dry. It's, it's always like 15, 20 degrees. Maybe, maybe next year if I ever get a formal invitation, that way I can plan it out a little more. So we got to invite you a year in advance then? Yeah, check your mailbox. Yeah. You just got yeah. invited. Next year we're going yeah. duck hunting. You'll love it, man. You get to lay in the mud and... Buy like fifteen, twenty dollars. You like it? Twenty five dollar a box shotgun shell. You like it? There's all kinds of new gear you can get and stuff. Oh, it's great! It's the best. You know, buy hey. a fifteen hundred dollar shotgun and a four hundred dollar. Then pair throw of it waders. in the mud. Yeah, use it for a boat paddle. I've done it. Yeah, you hit a stump and sheared all the blades off the prop. Well, what else were we going to use our hands? It was fourteen <laughs> degrees outside. <laughs> so we uh, here. I am with my shotgun, using it as a boat paddle, but. So no. Should I bring should I bring my Benelli Supernova? Or, oh yeah. They work great as a boat paddle. Yeah. Do they? I really don't care. I shot a Mossberg five hundred for fifteen years at Ducks and it shot the same yeah, as we, the guy with the Benelli <laughs> two foot from me. So Yeah, we're not shotgun. Here's no. here's my well, deal on shotguns is they're all just a tube. It's if you're gonna do anything, spend your money on the ammunition and a choke. Because a shotgun's a shotgun, guys. I mean, we can all get excited about it, and mine's better than yours. It's a this shotgun. This one's gas inertia. Nah, yada, it doesn't yada. matter. Maybe one don't jam as much, but they're all just a shotgun. It shoots a wad. It comes out the end of the barrel. So really, you need to spend your money on a choke and good ammunition. Yep. And obviously, you want a gun that's gonna cycle good. So you stay away from the. $150 Springfields if you're going to duck hunt because they just don't hold up out there. But So my 115-year-old black powder wonder single shot would work? I wouldn't even take that thing. If you like, <laughs> if it's a wall hanger, if it's something you like looking at and it's real pretty, do not bring that thing duck hunting. I got to add this deal well, in here. I hope Kyle Lampkins listens to this podcast. Well, you know he is. So... We took him duck hunting one day, which we're getting way off track here, people, but it's whatever. Right. And he just grabs his gun case, and we get out there. We're all unloading all this stuff. We're getting the decoys out, and I, he digs his gun out, and he goes, what the heck? He had grabbed his black powder rifle. <laughs> this is a true story. It's a, yeah. His, <laughs> and bless, his wife laid it out for him, I guess. Is his yeah, she set his stuff out, which she probably she just, just grabbed, grabbed the gun, the gun case. case yeah, grabs whatever. the gun case, sets it by the door. He drives all the way an hour and a half up here. We get out there, it's through in the morning, and he digs this black powder rifle out of his case, and I'm like, well, I guess we'll let you shoot at him while they're on the water, and then we'll shoot when they come up because you only got one shot. He was he was mad, but it was funny. Thank God we were duck hunting, and I always take an extra shotgun. Right. I had an, like I said, I got an old Mossberg 500, 
and I always just throw it in the rod box of the boat. And and I don't care who has what brand of shotgun. Everybody's got to shoot that Mossberg 500. Everybody. Because and their gun wasn't working. Right. And the me 500 included. pump works, man. Yeah. It's never failed me. And it was a hundred and two. It was about $200 shotgun when I bought it. Yeah. And so it, while we're on the subject of shotguns. Yeah. Do you guys run semi-automatic? I do. I have one now. And it, you know what? It, we're talking about cheap shotguns. I have a Hatfield that I've been duck hunting with. And I bought it because it was a good looking rig. And it was, I think they're made by Manelli. Yeah. They're just cheaper. And it was 200, yeah, like or $280 or something for this thing. And I thought, well, that's a good looking automatic. Cause I shot a pump forever. I have an 870 that I shot for many moons. We kill turkeys with it now, but, uh, I bought that gun and I, man, I've went on snow goose hunts with extendo tubes on it and ran 1500 shots through it and it has not jammed. Now, knock on wood. I may take her out this year and it'd just be a nightmare, but I've always got the old 500 stashed just in, in the corner because it always yeah, works. Yeah, because somebody's Benelli, you might drive all the way down to the boot hill and on a snow goose hunt and it won't shoot. Oh, it'll, it would click. It made a funny clicking noise. Yeah, just go tink, tink. Not, not That's so much snow goose deal. I can't wait. I hope we get to film that deal. You people well, that we're have film it. Right, but I mean, I just hope it turns out like I hope it will. Anybody who hasn't experienced that, it's a crazy, crazy deal. But we'll talk about that as the seasons get in there. But I guess we better get ready to wrap this thing up or we're going to be here all night. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the editor-in-chief probably sitting there looking at his watch. Yeah, he's just shaking his head. Ah, he knows he can cut her off. But, well, Justin, <laughs> make sure you get some practice in this week. 40 yards or so. Maybe things will work I'm out going, better for you Friday. I'm, I'm I am going to go home Friday, and I'm going to get my new rangefinder out that just showed up today. Uh, and I'm going to set at 70 yards, and I'm going to re-sight my bow in. At 70 yards? At 70 yards. I'm not going to shoot and try to kill anything at 70 yards, because that would be stupid. Right. But I'm going to set it up at 70 yards. Well, good luck, man. Hopefully, you got us a little better story next weekend about a big buck you killed. So, no, I probably won't because I'm going to the Whitetails Unlimited banquet. Well, oh, that's right. You're not hunting, are you? Mm. Yeah, I, I get to go rub shoulders with people this weekend. Well, that's all right. You got to shake hands and kiss babies sometimes. So, so just make sure yeah. to put the word out about us, just, buddy. Just try to get paid for yeah. those shoulder rubs, huh? Yeah, yeah. Represent yeah. us. If anybody, if anybody is going to the Whitetails Unlimited Banquet in Kabul, Missouri. Look me up. I will be there. I will be the probably the only one in a black Ozark Traditions TV hat. So Unless you're giving I'll them be, away, I won't be there because I'm going to try to kill a deer. We got to get a deer killed, man. That's what this whole TV show thing is. We got to kill something. But... Yeah, Man, and I came this close. Very, very close. But all right, guys. Well, uh, from all of us here at Ozark Tradition TV, thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in next week. Ozark Traditions. Ozark Traditions TV would like to thank you for joining in to this week's podcast. Be sure to tune in on our next weekly podcast as we bring the outdoors inside. From all of us at Ozark Traditions TV, we thank you for listening, and remember. If you see us out in God's country, stop us. We'd like to meet you.
Great Outdoors.